Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe in the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight, no chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 19 of Jock Talk. I hope you guys are ready to be prepared, entertained, and dazzled. Over the next hour, it's Big Joe and the Big Rig and I go over uh, the Rangers, what's up with the Cowboys, might touch on a little Cowboys football, and what's wrong with cell phones. <laughs> Because there's a lot wrong with that. It's a big, it's a cartel, man. It's, a, it's, it's worse than weddings. Uh, so it's a joke. And uh, I'm going to moan and groan about that in a little while. But y'all know, uh, the way we make this podcast happen is my friends over there at uh, Greening Law. And here's what I like to tell folks. Because this happens every day. I mean, I was on my way to uh, the Rangers game yesterday and saw a terrible accident on the side of the road involving a truck. And all I could think of is if you're involved in an accident, and I'm telling you, whether anywhere where you're not at home, you know, whether you're in an apartment building, uh, you're on your way to work, a business, anywhere, if it's not your home and you get hurt, what you need to do before you do anything else, you pull out your cell phone, dial 972-934-8900. That's it. That's simple. Somebody at the green team will answer, and all you have to do and say, hey, here's my situation, here's my circumstance, what do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been your lucky day. Like, for real. Because they don't get paid unless you get paid. So you don't ever have to worry about whether they're working hard for you, whether they're grinding for you, whether they're doing every single solitary thing they can do to get your case resolved. Because they are. Because they don't eat unless you eat. Now, the thing about them is, when you're going up against somebody else's insurance company, that thing can be long and drawn out and tedious. And sometimes it can be intimidating. You get these letters from lawyers or these emails. You're like, oh, my God, what does this mean? Well, the green team handles all of this. They want you to focus on rest and renewal. That's a fancy way for get your body right. Get back healthy again. Feel like yourself again. That's what they focus on, man. So they handle all the little stuff for you. They set up doctor's appointments for you. If you need to go see a specialist, they'll set that up for you. They're constantly checking on you to make sure that everything is good with you. Why? So you can relax and get your body right. Rest and renewal is big to them. Um, you know, so, like I tell you, you ain't got to take my word for it. If you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault, go to greeninglaw.com. Check out the website. See what people are saying about the work that Robert Greening is doing over there because he does some great work in the community as well. And so give him a call, 972-934-8900. If you're ever involved in an accident away from your home and it's not your fault, they're the people who can help you. Don't even think about it. Pick up the phone, call them, and let them help you. Now, let's, uh, this is the bye week with the Dallas Cowboys. They're 4-2, just had a big win. But that don't mean, especially since we didn't do a podcast Tuesday because uh, of the Monday night game, that don't mean that we ain't finna talk to your boy Clarence e. Hill Jr. and get the latest on your Dallas Cowboys. So let's give him a call and uh, see what Chill has to say about where the Cowboys sit at the bye. What up? What sounds like you just rolled over and opened up your eyes? Yep. Man, it was funny because... <laughs> it was funny because I rolled over and... My phone was off, and I'm like, damn, did I miss this show because I didn't charge it up last night? But luckily it was, you know, when you get old, you, your body just wake up. It was 830. It wasn't 845. Yes, I know. My body woke me up at 430 this morning. I was like, hey, man, take your butt back to sleep. Man, I was still trying to go to sleep because Jerome was over here, and he wanted to talk and drink all night. I made, I made him go to bed. I made him go to bed at 330. I made him go to bed. You made him go to bed. I had a great talk with Jerome last night. Huh? I said, I had a great talk with Jerome last night. Yeah. I said, man, I got to go to sleep. I said, man, I've been drinking all day. I got to go to sleep. And so I made him go to bed. And I tried to call you. 
I tried to call you yesterday to bless you, but you was gone. You was at the game. Right. Because I went to the Cowboys 30th anniversary for the 93 team. Oh. Yeah. So I was trying to call I you. Missed, I, I done missed all the blessings. You done tried to bless me about five times. I done missed them all. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's ridiculous. So I'm going to take Jock with me because, you know, and, and uh, yeah, your ass was at the game. So. Yeah. Okay. Now, I know y'all probably sick of our personal conversation now. Uh, just so you know, Jerome, <laughs> Jerome, yeah, chill. Don't forget we do the podcast. We just talking on the phone. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know we started. I thought you go go one, two, three. I think we. <laughs> no, nah, man, we we hit the ground running. People get it all. That's, that's, they get the full okay. meal. Uh, yeah, Jerome is Jerome Solomon. Is a uh, yeah. big time columnist at the Houston Chronicle. Uh, right. Long time friend of ours. Had a great talk with him for about forty five minutes yesterday uh, about the business and some things we might try to do together. So that was all right. good. Uh, but it is the bye week, so we can take a very leisurely approach. Uh, well, we haven't talked to you since the win. Uh, I think, as often, you do a good job of this. It's not traditional, but you get you elicit the answers people want to hear. And you got Dak cussing when you asked him if this was a must win. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I felt last week, you know, and I did get Dak cussing. It's crazy, but I, I tried. It's about to get the answer, but... I thought it was a must win. You know, um, I know it's early in the season, it's week five, but after what happened last week and the way they got destroyed uh, with the bye week coming up, you know, there was a sense of urgency, you know, to to, to really show who they are and, and what they were about. And the Cowboys have a history under Mike McCarthy. And I don't think Mike McCarthy gets a lot of credit for that. And I know he gets a lot of blame and criticism and everything else. But the Cowboys are nine and one after losses. We're, we're are now ten and one, excuse me, after losses since twenty twenty one, and so th- that's incredible, and that and that's the best mark in the league, and it just shows you, you know, how they don't, you know, let one loss turn into two. But last week I thought it was interesting. They put so much into that game, the forty nine. They put so much into that forty nine game. There's so much talk about that game, so much into that game, and to get that doors blown off. You know, this was a different mindset. You know, this was the more Jack that committed last week. It was it was a demoralizing loss, and so to me, th- this was an opportunity where one loss could beat you twice. You know, and right. then you could really give it to yourself. And so, putting all that together, the the, the uh, Chargers were two and two, coming off a bye, whole week to rest, and another extra day, come off a bye, had one of the most explosive offenses in the league. You know, the defense had issues, but, you know, the Cowboys always had to show to me that explosive. It, it was one of those games, you know, you you, you know, and it was it didn't come out. It, it wasn't a pretty performance, but it was a great performance. And it's one that, you know, it, they got the job done. But, yeah, it was it was a must when everybody felt that way. Um, What was the most impressive thing about that win to you? Well, I mean, you just let's, let's just start with that. I mean, you know, uh, I think the defense did what they were supposed to. The defense looked like a championship defense. I mean, they were they had their backs against the wall. The Chargers had the ball in the Cowboys territory a lot. And the defense was, you know, basically on the field a lot. Mike McCarthy talked about he was worried about the defense in the second half, been on the field a lot. And and uh and and they held up and and and, and they showed up. You know, you know, if you if you keep letting Michael rush the pass, he's gonna get home. You know, and it, it seemed like he kept running by him, never get that guy home. And so those those were impressive things that that, that they needed to get done. But it, it let's just go back to that. We talked so much about that, you know, right. and, and whether he could do this or, or, or do that. He wasn't perfect in this game, but he played winning football. He played winning football without the benefit of a running game. He played winning football without the benefit of an offensive line that was protecting him. He had to pull some rappers out of his head. We always talk about, well, he can't do this, he can't do that. Well, Dak lifted the Cowboys this week, whether you want to admit it or not, with his legs uh, and his arm, and he pulled a rabbit out of his hat. You know, that that play, where the two sacks, and, and uh, broke out of two sacks and getting the ball to Tony Pollard for the six-year-old run on third down in, in the third quarter when, you know, it, it wasn't looking good for the Cowboys' offense because it wasn't a smooth operational offense. And even though the, the Chargers defense is not that good, it wasn't a smooth operation all day. And they had to fight for everything they got. They had to com- complete and convert a number of key third downs, whether that was to CeeDee Lamb, whether that was to certainly Brandon Cooks who finally got on track, or using his feet to get third downs. 
uh, that fourth and one run for the touchdown. We hadn't seen that. Uh, that can run run for a touchdown and pass for a touchdown on the road since 2018. You know, that's and, a long time. <laughs> a long time, and so you add into is it the plays he may had to make with his feet, which should be part of his game going forward. And I just think that was just important for for Dak to show up and show that. Well, we're gonna take a very quick exit ramp and talk about this. What do you think about Justin Herbert? And then I'm gonna tell you. My thoughts on Justin Herbert. <laughs> I think Justin Herbert is a prototype. Size, arm, everything else. He, he is the prototype. You know, and when you look at quarterbacks and, and how you want to build a quarterback and draft a quarterback, he has all the measurables. Um, and he has a talented team around him. He has some talented receivers around him, you know, but – Something ain't clicking because he don't get it done. I mean, we, you know, as I, I know nothing done in the vacuum, and certainly that game went in the vacuum. We know how that gets criticized when he don't get it done. Uh, I think Edward tweeted, somebody tweeted that Justin Herbert has the most fourth quarter interception with the game on that and the worst score game than anybody since he came into the league. You know, yeah. and, and certainly that, there was another chance, you know, you know, Sunday or Monday was a certain example of him having another fourth quarter interception with the game on the line and not being able to lead his team to victory. And so some, something is not adding up with, with Justin Herbert and his performance. But, hey, he's a $52 million man, top five pick. Uh, he needs to get it done. Well, see, here's the thing, because I did some work on this. Uh, so he's got this career passer rating of 96.7, which is, which is excellent. That dude got 103 career touchdowns and 30 37 interceptions. So that's great, too. Uh, but his team is only 27-27. And check this out, man. He's had um, 19 of those games that he's played in have been decided by a touchdown or less, 12 of them right. by a field goal or less. So they play these tight games all the time. And for a guy who's as talented as he is, for whatever reason, he ain't getting it done. Now, obviously, it's not all his fault, but uh, we know the deal. Coaches and quarterbacks, that's the ones who got a record by their name. And so it's interesting to me that as talented and as good as he is, he hadn't been able to elevate everything and get them cranked up because they two and two and three with Kansas City this week, which means they probably two and four, especially with that game being on the road. And it's going to be another year where they just either barely make the playoffs or miss it. Yeah, and this it, it was a must, and that, that's the other thing. That's why I was impressive win for the Cowboys because it was a must win for them too. They were two and two, and they know they got the Chiefs coming up. They got a Cowboys team there at home. This was a must win for them too, and for the Cowboys to get it done. But just getting back to Herbert and, and getting back to the Chargers, I mean, we can go back to the, the previous quarterback with the Chargers. I mean, they have struggled historically in close games, losing by field goals. Uh, what's your, I can't even think of now. Your boy uh, Philip Rivers. You go back to Philip Rivers' time. And they historically have had just bad luck in close games, you know, playoffs, everything else. They have not been able to take that next step. And he he's basically on the same Phillip Rivers path of putting up great numbers but not getting nothing done. No, and uh, that's uh, – yeah, I mean, I think that's the bottom line. So we get rid of that exit ramp and go back up. What's wrong with uh, – I'm not even going to say what's wrong. What are your thoughts on the running game and Tony Pollard? You know, getting back to that 60-yard play, to me, last year, Tony Potter would have housed that. You know, and I know, you know, they tried to say that he didn't see the guy, but that's the play that Tony Potter housed last year. I don't know if he has the same juice in his legs. Uh, he's been productive at times. I also believe that th- there was nowhere to run. You look at that game last night, you look at the game last week, and ain't no holes, man. This, you know what I, I, I'm, I mean, I mean, you he run into brick walls. I mean, I don't know if it's you know, it's just it's people are there. There was a lot of leakage when they tried to do those whatever. People come from the backside. I mean, there's there, there's no holes there, and you know, you look at this offensive line. Everybody said, well, they finally got the offensive line together. I mean, as, as I told some other friends of mine, you know, used to be don't make no honey, okay. You know, Tyron Smith is not what he was. And, and and bless Zach Martin is still very good, but he's not the dominant player he was. Tyler Smith is the best offensive lineman on his team. 
and has been playing the best. He actually has the highest PFS score of any offensive line in the league, certainly in the Garden League. You know, that's not what Tyler Smith is playing. And, and I, I never thought the center was great. I thought he was solid. And, 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 and same way with right tackle. But this is not the, the the great wall of Dallas, you know. And and they're, you know, and that's the, that's the frustrating thing when you look at the offense because Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball. He wants to. He wants to have, you know, I was talking to Jason and some guys last night, and it seemed like he wants to have that old-school offense, but he don't have those players to run that type of old-school offense to 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 exert your will on another team. You know, right. it, it, it was too much. I'm going to run the ball and run the ball, you know, just because I want to run the ball, which, uh, but you don't have the players to do that. And so you, it's easy to say what's wrong with Tony Pollard, but I would say what's wrong with uh, that offensive line, What's wrong with some of those play designs? Uh, I've said from the beginning they don't have a hammer in the backfield. I still think, I still think they need a bigger back back there to help certainly in in in, in short yardage and goal line situations, and, and that still remains an issue because uh, things have to be perfect down there because they don't just have that guy to to, to get those yards. Uh, but so I, I think that's 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 a question that should be addressed by the front office and certainly the head coach because. You know, this is their doing. I hated the tush-push call because that ain't what you do. That's Philadelphia's play. They done mastered that play. Uh, just run the ball like you normally run it and see what you can make happen. Well, I mean, I, I, I hear you, and I understand that. Uh, but if you go back to last year, you know, Dak is a big old dude. Dak used to be offensive line, you know, and, and Dak used to, you know, eighth grade, he was a fat boy. You know, we've talked about this. <laughs> he, got, he got big tree trunk legs. Dak can run that. And, and last year they did a number of times to success. Every time they did, ran a sneak on fourth down, third down, they got the first down. They did not do their technique right on that play. Uh, and we talked to Dak about it. He said that they rushed it. They tried to do it in a hurry up. And the defense, and they weren't set. They didn't have their feet in the ground. He also thought he got it. But he said, they, he said uh, you know, from where he looked and, and where he fell, he thought they got it. But – but he said that they didn't have their feet set, you know, and you, you need to have your feet set and get low. And, 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 and then they didn't at the backside, they didn't push his tush enough, as he said. They didn't push my tush enough. Mm. But, you know, Jack is a guy that can run the quarterback's sneak. I, I'm sorry. That, that, that should be a play. His, his size, his build, his tree trunk, he got big legs. He can do that, and he can do that to be successful. But you, but you need everybody, again, on the same page. What the Eagles do is clearly they practiced it. Everybody's on the same page. From running back, everybody's pushing and 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 and, and pu- pushing the quarterback. The Cowboys weren't on the same page, I, but I think it's a play that that can be used and needs to be used because Dak is the kind of quarterback with his size. He can he can be successful on sneaks. I mean, Tom Brady was not even the big guy, and he was very successful on sneaks throughout his career. Okay, don't miss the point. I don't mind the quarterback sneak. I didn't like the tush push because that ain't what you do. That's all I'm well, saying. It's, 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 essentially, it's, it's essentially the same play. I don't know if the two is pushing because the backs are helping him, but the sneak is a sneak. Well, they just put a name on it because they got people pushing it from the back, but it's still a, basically I, a quarterback sneak. The sneak is more about timing than anything. That's, that's all, but it's yeah. also about getting low. Yeah. You got to get, about... you, you get low. You got to get leverage. All of that is part of the same play. Yeah. That's your point about Brady, though. It's more about the yeah. timing than when he yeah, yeah. but Brady and yeah he had a neck yeah you know he had a yeah. time but also had a neck he could find a crease and, and get that yard he was very successful with it so oh, yeah. uh, and I and, and and you look throughout his career Dak has been successful with 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 the with with uh, the quarterback sneak to whatever you want to call it uh, but they they did not execute on that play against the Chargers uh, one last thing on offense before we dip to the defense. Now, this is just your boy here. I don't want an offense where Michael Gallup got more targets damn near than Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb combined. What are we doing? Man, I've been telling you about Michael Gallup for two years now. Well, I don't mind Michael yeah. Gallup, but he ain't got to get I, all I, them targets. We mind him because they keep throwing to him. You can't not mind him when they keep throwing to him they, with to no success. It's not his I fault mean, that they throw to him. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's not. I'm just saying, but you, you, but you, but you're making it his fault that, that he get more targets. I mean, you brought yeah, up his the, name first. The, you didn't the, say he brought the, the coaches. You brought up Michael Gallup's name. It's, 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 he's I mean, I could have brought up the coaches. The coach. Why are we designing plays where Michael Gallup is getting more targets 
10 than Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb 11 combined? Well, I think it's part of it is the attention that CD gets. You know, and I, I think that you have to you, you you have to spread the ball around. The question is, and I, I, I disagree with the premise. I mean, I understand the premise. My issue is why are you not getting more production out of Michael Gallup or that real receiver position? And it's time for to get Jalen Tober to look over there. Because Michael Gallup does not get separation against nobody. Nobody. And 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 then now he's not coming up with balls, dropping passes, and and, and stuff like that. He's not getting separation. Everything is a contested catch because he's not getting separation. Uh, and again, he, I, I would go back to the start of his career. He's had more tipped interceptions than anybody. He, ball, you know, con- from whatever ball coming his way, and he gets picked off right. for whatever reason. And uh, but th- there's something wrong with with. There's something amiss with with Michael Gallup and where people thought he was and where he is now is the type of player. I understand the premise. He should not, because of that, because he's not been productive, because uh, he's not coming with plays, it it begs to wonder why is he getting more targets uh, and got got so many targets, so many opportunities compared to those other two combined. Uh, But again, what's wrong with what what happened to the guy that everybody thought was going to be number one that you, you, you had to the gall to trade Amari Cooper, and, and I and I would never let the Amari Cooper trade go. I think that's that's part of this Cowboys issue DNA last couple of years. Yep. Um, you know, Amari Cooper's a professional receiver. He's still getting it done. He he said, "Man, you a quarterback in Cleveland the last two years, still getting it done." You know, and and and, and you 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 cannot justify getting rid of Amari Cooper and paying Michael Gallup. You know. The, the, that that just it, it still boggles my mind that you got rid of a guy like Mark Cooper for a fifth round pick and you pay Michael Gallup and this is what you I was talking to Garrett last night he was like this this offense this team here has more talent than last year's team because last year's team had nothing because that that receiving core he was it was CD and nobody which I said and he parroted the same thing you know and he said I, I love Noah Brown you know I, you know he drafted. <laughs> But you know that 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 was that was no talent out there, you know, uh, at their receiver position. They got more talent with, with Cooks and, and and other things. But but Mike is assisted on throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and throwing the ball short, uh, trying to get all of those stuff. But yeah, you need to they they need to address Gallup in this in that position and and, and what's going on in this in this bye week. Uh, whether Tober needs to uh, step up or. I mean, I, it, it boggled my mind that the Eagles went and traded for Julio Jones. So, did they need another receiver? If, if, if know, anybody I, call those, I call those play. I call moves like that. We're in the playoffs. Can you make a play to help us win a game? You ain't even got to do nothing yeah. else the whole year. Just can you make – or not even the playoffs. At some point this year, can you make a play or two to help us win a game that we wouldn't have won because we had Billy Smith at that spot instead of you? Yeah, I mean, because I, I look at the Cowboys, and and one thing to me again that's missing is that big physical professor receiver. You know, I talked about them not having a red zone target. You know, they love to throw slants. Well, you need a guy that's going to get in front of the guy. You need you going to throw them slants like they love to throw these slants in this offense. You know, outside of CD, you need a guy that's going to use his body and make those catches. You know, which is one thing. Well, I I, I think you know I I, I would have liked them going after. Um, Gosh, your boy that was in with Houston that uh, was in the, with the Cardinals that's, that's yeah, now with yeah, Andre Hopkins. There you go, Hopkins. I would, I would love because Hopkins to me would have been a perfect, you know, he catches everything and his guy would have been a perfect compliment to CD. But they don't really have that big, big physical guy, whether it's in, in, in a red zone or a big physical guy that, that can make those contested catches. You have to make contested catches in this league. Contested catches, you know, those slants over the middle. And then to me, that's that, that that's what Julio, Julio Jones is. It would have been a perfect look for this team. But, you know, uh, you, you're moving on with, with Michael Gallup. Um, defensively, uh they closer to what we saw yesterday or they closer to what we saw in uh, San Francisco? I mean, I, I think this, and, 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 and I think sometimes you have a bad day at the office. And, 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 I and never did. You never had a bad day, Dolph. You were perfect every time you got out of bed. Man, you know you damn right. right. 
You know he tripping. Go ahead, man. Go, <laughs> ahead, know, you, go ahead, what you were saying. I mean, Don't let him sidetrack you. I, 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 the, I just think the fortitude to ten thing was was just a bad day. I remember when when Texas used to go into Oklahoma game and get beat six six to ten and end up thirteen and one and beat everybody else in that schedule. You know, it's just whatever that game, whatever happened, it snowballed so fast. That thing snowballed on the Cowboys last week. Then it, then it got out of hand. I don't think that there are 42 to 10 difference between the Cowboys and the Chargers. They haven't been the last, I mean, been in the 49ers. They haven't been the last week. And certainly you saw the, the next week the 49ers go and lose to Cleveland, you know, without their quarterback, without their starting running back and and, and whatever else. It's, it's certainly a week-to-week league, and, and the Cowboys ran into a buzzsaw. Certainly, I, I think the defense is closer to what it was Sunday, I mean, a Monday than it was against the Chargers, for, for sure. And, and again, you're, you you can – Michael Parsons can do the flybys only so much. I mean, he's going to get home. I mean, he didn't get home against 49ers. He didn't get home for, for three and a half quarters against the Chargers. But he finally got home. And, and But what, what difference is the run defense showed up. Every other part of the team, every other part of the team showed up. Uh, and 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 play well, and and when it was time to make a play, they they made a play. But but you got to keep it in, uh, in close score game. You, you know, it's, it's people have been trying to say Brock Purdy wasn't saying Brock Purdy when when he had a lead, when he had to play from behind, when it was in a close game, and that's what the Cowboys were trying to get him into, or hope to get in, into last week. Cleveland Brown did it. I mean, they're they're not the same guy when they're not playing with a lead. You know, and, and so. Um, the Cowboys. It was good for the Cowboys. This has been a roller coaster start of the season. You look at they they got these wildly wins by wide margins. They got these losses by wide margins. This was the first time they really played in a close game uh, that was nip and tuck all the way, and, and they came out on top. And so you need this. You need to show you can do this. You can play in those type of games and and win in this gritty type of way. But you know they they got to be more consistent offensive defense for sure coming in the second half. But I, yeah, this this that defense is more to what you saw against the Chargers than what you saw against the 49ers for sure. Is a Diggy Zoo gonna get paid? A Diggy Zoo gonna get paid. I mean, you can't get, I mean, I, I I'm just asking. They gotta pay they gotta pay C D. They gotta pay Micah. Uh and he down the totem pole just for a minute, just can can can, can they can I mean I'm just, I'm just asking can you address I'm just asking the question. I mean, they still got to decide where they're going to pay that. I'm just asking the question because you got to pay all those other folks. And it seems like they haven't had a, uh, and I don't know what he is yet, but he looks like he's trending up. And, and then, you know, we'll see. He looked like game. Malik Collins to me. Oh. Right. Wow, he's well, better than Malik Collins. But I'm just saying he's going to move up the road like Malik. He all ain't right. going to get paid here. But that's all I ask. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think five weeks into the season we need to be worrying about whether Osa or Diggs is I wasn't worried I, about I, it. I just raised well, the question. Well, raising the question, putting it, putting it at you know as a as a topic when when there's so much still to be decided about this season. And this okay, team, fine, fine. How about Deron Bland? That, he getting paid? That, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Deron Bland. Deron Bland had two of them in his hand. Yeah, he dropped hey, two, but he hey. but the ball always but the ball always finds him. It's I bet he won't drop them no more. Hey, don't uh, De- Deron Bland, don't bring your girl around me because I'm gonna take her. Yeah, you know, I, I told people, you know, the, Deron Bland won't be the problem. Yeah. You know, he yeah. play. You know, he won't be the problem. Um, and and, uh, and the, the good news is, is that when when Diggs does come back, you, you know, you got two starting corners. Yeah, you know, because I mean, I doubt if Gilmore comes back another year. But no, so that's you, a good you, point. You got you got two starting corners. And the good news, you talk about the contracts. You know, Deron Bland is in the second year. You got to worry about him for two more years. I mean, yep. you can kick his can down the road. We ain't got to worry about this contract. You can still kick Osa Diggy Zua down the road. You ain't got to worry about this contract for another year. You know, you got you got to deal with these other guys first. So, oh, you know, so I guess I guess they I don't are, need I'm to on. ask about Marquise Bell either. Oh my God! Oh, them linebackers showed up. Or did the Chargers give up on the running game? No, they didn't. Marquise Bell played well. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who's undersized. He's 215 pounds. He's not that heavy. Yeah. He's a safety. They moved the linebacker. Um, and I don't think he missed a tackle in that game. He, he was physical, you know, and, and he's 
he he has a knack for from for making plays. He showed up and showed out. Well, that's where your boy Overshawn would have came in handy, right? Right, yeah. right. This is this, this is what you would like for Overshawn. It was so, a safety too. Yeah. So the so the future looks bright for those guys. I mean, I always thought this would be up late late last year, and it may come faster than than, than, than people thought. And we still don't know, you know, what his future is. But you, you do like what you saw from Bland. Let me let me take an exit ramp here. What, Go ahead. Let me ask y'all about Caleb Williams wanting some percentage of a team. <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't believe it's that. Not, yeah, that's well, crazy. It's kind of, well, it's it's not crazy. It's okay. kind of business. Right. No, right? I mean, it's not right. even business. That's just stupid. <laughs> I mean, it is. LeBron James don't get a portion of the team. All right. Well, let me hear this. Well, I mean, I, I think well, – I, I, I mean, I don't – you know, the, uh, I, I think Tom that Brady didn't get a portion of the Patriots. I mean, you know, well, I, I, but 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 Aaron Rodgers tried. Okay, and I think that was a loophole, and that was, it was on the table before the NFL closed the loophole. If you just kind of follow the story, it's something that that Aaron Rodgers tried and talked about. You know, and and so you know, it, it, that's part of it. I mean, I think the tough part for a rookie rookie quarterback is they do have a rookie wage scale and, and all the other stuff in place, but. It's something that Aaron Rodgers and his representative tried to do. It's, 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 it's not crazy. You know, it's only, you know, it's only, you know, it's better if somebody lets you do it. I mean, oh, okay. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, yeah. if somebody's crazy enough to let you do it, then, then it is what it is. You say, I'm just playing unless you're going to do it, huh? <laughs> y'all need to quit pulling out your old player lines. That's what y'all need to stop doing. <laughs> You're telling on yourselves what you're doing. You know, it, 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 you know we're going to be talking about the tickle game. I don't know nothing about that. Hey, hey, hey. I've been, hey, I've been out the game 32 years. I don't know nothing about none of that. Hey, you, know, you never know until you try. So, you know. <laughs> so, I ain't mad if, if that's the case. I mean, everybody's going to. You know, everybody's going to poo-poo and all. That's crazy. That didn't happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because, you know, it, it sounds crazy. And, 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 but this stuff is going to come out of thin air. Yeah. Yeah, he's already positioned them talking about it. The Cardinals get the number one pick. You know, I don't want to go there. Or maybe he only goes to the Cardinals. They get in position of the team. I mean, you know, you know, we don't know really know what's going on behind the scenes. I do know he need to quit throwing three interceptions in yeah. a big game. How about that? You know, I, 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 I think he's a he has all the great athleticism and, and arm strength. I do think he does. He, he he has gotten away with a lot of YOLO balls in his career. He he. Now you know who he's, the he, last quarterback I saw who do that was who? Real talk. Although he's better than him. I don't know who you talking about. Remember, I said he's a lot better than him. Johnny Manziel used to do that. Well, yeah, Johnny Manziel had Mike Evans. Yeah, he had Mike Evans. You know, I, I told Shereen during his career, we talked about I was like, I said the best football, best pro player on the team is Mike Evans. I told him, I mean, Mike Evans and Bell, Johnny Manziel out of college all the time. The difference is that, that he, he doesn't necessarily have a Mike Evans, but he is, you know, going back to his first year at Texas, you know, at Oklahoma when he beat Texas, he was just throwing YOLO balls up, and the, you know, and the defense backs were just like falling down, and nothing seemed to make his play. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I mean, seriously, I, 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 I y'all gonna let a man just throw YOLO balls up? He did, but he has a history. He did that against he, TCU also. Yeah, he, he gets away. He gotten away with a lot of that, and it's worked for him. And you know, because he pulls rabbits out of hats and does everything. He's a great athlete, as strong as an ox. But I, I think some that's part of his game. Streetball player Bill Parcells used to call him. Yeah, that, that's definitely part of his game. So but we'll see how that works. I mean, he's a fantastic player. And, again, all the size measures everything you want in the quarterback. And he's clearly the cream of this quarterback class. And, and, and we'll see how this thing shakes out when it's come to draft time. It goes after him. I don't know, dog. They're trying to make Drake Mays the next the next guy. So no, no, no. Ain't nobody put Drake May over, over this Caleb. Caleb is, Caleb is the guy. Drake May is number two. Whether it's Penix or what does Penix go for Jerick May? You know. Uh, last couple for, of things before we let you go. Uh, how do you see this? How do you see this next block of games going? They got the Rams, then they got the uh, the Eagles, then the Giants and the Panthers. They got a chance to make some hay and kind of make us forget this debacle in San Francisco if they can take care of business. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think that's what's important. I mean, that's again to me. That's why you cannot give away. That game against against the Cardinals, you know, you you can't lose that game because 
you need to stack these wins together. And so this is an opportunity for the Cowboys. It's not just – I think they got five of the next six or five of the next seven games at home, but four of the next six games at home because they opened the season with four of their first six games on the road. Yeah. And so they got – you know, so now they got a chance to come home, get comfortable, and really make some hay. Outside of the Eagles, all these games are very winnable, you know. Right. And, and, and so you can – Really stack some wins together, but you can't, you know, do it together against the Char. I mean, against the Cardinals, uh, and you got to use what what happened with the 49 what happened with the Eagles the past weekend. You can't take nobody for granted because they can jump up and beat you. But yeah, it's it's an opportunity for the Cowboys to really to to to, to establish themselves and, and get on a roll and find themselves because we we talk about these next few games, but well, that that December schedule. You know when you when you got when when you got Philly and you got Miami and you got some Seattle and and, and some tough games Detroit. coming down Detroit some tough games coming down the pike you're gonna just stack some of these wins together for sure. Uh, last thing Philly Miami this week who you like? It's in Philly Miami my huh? It's in Philly. I, I like I like Miami. Philly's offense is, is struggled for much of the season, you know, and you know, and, and we'll learn we'll learn a lot about both teams. Philly coming off that loss. Uh, and, and Miami, you know, we we know they're pretty at home, and you know, what they, you know, we know when they went to Buffalo, they they, they didn't measure up, and, and and can they do it? You you know, Mike McDaniel was trending yesterday, you know, and and, and uh, so we we love all the most all the pretty things. They got a track team out there, you know. Let let's see what they do when when they play a, a team like Philly in that defense. For sure, it's it's, it's must see TV for sure. All right, that's an extended bye week conversation. You got to hear about our personal lives and everything else. So, uh, you know, we always enjoy uh, having Clarence Hill Jr. sponsored by Smokey John's Barbecue each a, and every Friday. Oh, you got well, to I, I, just, I just want to say I had, a, I had a good evening. I started with with the 90s Cowboys and, and, and ex, all the Cowboys because uh, they, they invited all of the players from 90s, 2000s. Everybody was, you know, a lot of people were there. Um, the dude that um, – I can't think my mind goes like I'm old. Uh, who did Michael Irvin cut his neck? Everett McIver. Yeah, talk to Everett McIver. I said, man, when, when we going to write that book, man? You still got the stars? <laughs> when we going to write that book, man? You start uh, laughing? Yeah, people keep asking if I write that book. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Man, that check must have been good. What's that? Uh, that in, that NDA must have been strong. <laughs> well, you, know, we can, uh, you know what happened? Is the, the story behind the story was uh, my former partner. Uh, I think we wrote a front page story. Now it was only his name on it. That said uh, the story. Gist of the story said that Everett had agreed to set up college funds. I mean, Mike had agreed to set up college funds for, uh, for Everett's kids. Um, and that was kind of like the settlement to get them to, you know, not press charges and all this other stuff. And he said he had it from the agent. And maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But he said he had it, ran with the story. And then when all the denials came out, even the eight, nobody, did, nobody confirmed it. And so he ended up getting uh, demoted off the Cowboys from that beat, man, from that thing. And I think uh, Chip Brown replaced him uh, because, and now he's out the business selling Korean barbecue in New York. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and I, I, I would say that that was the first story I broke. Uh, you know, finger uh, Michael Irvin as, as a guilty party with, with, with that horseplay or whatever Chan McGavin called it. Chan called it horseplay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah. So talking to Eric MacGyver and, and some of the guys, and, you know, and Jay Ratliff showed up, which was surprising to me. Um, long gray beard? No, 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 no. He was right. he was there talking to Emmett. Me and Emmett talked about his son at You know, he was at he was at certainly at the uh, the Colorado game and the Stanford game. And so after I left there, I went to the Astros team hotel. Oh, and hung out with uh, Reggie Jackson uh-huh. and uh, Gary Payton. <laughs> hung out with uh, uh, Dusty Baker and Jim Crane, the owner, and uh, and, and certainly Dusty Baker and and, and Gary uh, and uh, Gary Pett, Excuse me. 
So it, it was it was it was a good evening. It was it was a good evening. Chill is definitely man about time. So, yeah. so when I when I when I when I realized that I was then I had Jerome over here. I had him come to the team hotel so he could meet them. You know, I try to put people in. You know, like That's I try to put people down. I told Dre, hey, man, you need to come meet Gary. You need to come meet these guys. And I know you. He said the season. He's he never really had a you know got to hang out with him. Right. You need to make these connections, you know. And you know, so he came over and met him. We we, we talked. And he got to you know connect with Gary and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah. So it was it was a long evening. So when my when I woke up this morning and my phone was like, God, dog, I missed that show, didn't I? No, nah, you didn't Sorry. miss it. You didn't miss it. You just, you you done made it now. Because yeah. some of them segments we was planning to do, yeah. we ain't finna do now. Right. Yeah. Well, you definitely didn't miss it. <laughs> so, anyways, I just wanted to let you unload y'all with that. So, anyway, you guys have a good evening. Bye week. I'm headed to Houston. See my daughter. Safe travel. Uh, Safe travel. And this, this, this weekend. So, we will, we will see y'all next week. All right, man. Appreciate it. That's Clancy Hill Jr. brought to you by Smokey John's Barbecue each and every Friday. Dude, that was certainly the bonus edition of Clancy Hill Jr. He went strong for, looked like about 36 minutes. <laughs> yeah, clearly, I, got, I, got about 40, I got about 40 over here, but all right. I was going to say, clearly this was the bye week, yeah. uh, and he's chilling. But, uh, you know, Smokey John's Barbecue over there at 1820 West Mockingbird. It's fantastic. You need to get by there. And I'm telling you, the Jam Session Bowl, which nobody's going to know about except you, because it's on the secret menu, okay? It's on the secret menu. So you got to ask for it because you ain't going to see it. It is to live for. All right? They take a mac and cheese or a, mac or a mashed potato base, put it in this black bowl, shake it up so they spread it evenly so you didn't know all that. Then your choice, two out of five smoked meats. Your boy usually rocks with the brisket and the sausage, all right? Then, all that stuff you find on the loaded baked potato, all that stuff, um, you know, chives, bacon bits, uh, cheese, butter, all that stuff, sour cream, all that stuff they put on top of it. Then, they hit you with the drizzle or the drench. I prefer the drizzle. My girl prefers the drench. Sometimes we compromise. Um, so, that's how it comes down. It's, uh, it's enough for two. Easy. Uh, if you got a little shorty that's five or six, three of y'all can eat off of it. Uh, it is to live for. Now, check this out. Smokey John's, you just don't have to go to the restaurant to get Smokey John's, to get that taste, to get that smell. Nah, you can go to the website, SmokeyJohns.com, click on the marketplace, and you can order the rub or the sauce. Matt, my former partner, he used to like to drink the sauce right out the bottle. It's that good. Real talk, real talk. He used to drink it out the bottle. Uh, so you can get that. Or if you need it more immediate than a couple days, go to H-E-B. That's right, H-E-B the grocery store. Frisco, Burleson, Wasahatchee, McKinney. They got them all over Dallas. They are on the shelves. At a good eye level, like you ain't got to look hard to find it. It's right there. Eye level. You can find it. Smokey John's Barbecue. Go try it out. Get the jam session bowl. Now, before I hear something... I'm going to take him up Sam Session Bowl at some point. Wednesday got jammed. <laughs> See what oh. I did there? So it didn't happen. Uh, you never know what might happen today, although my schedule's already behind. Yeah. But soon and very soon, Big John the Big Rig will sample the Jam Session Bowl and be very glad that he did. Yeah, I think I have better luck going to H-E-B getting that sauce. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, uh, now, uh, you say I'm not even going to legitimize it. I'm just going to move on. Now, moving on to your Texas Rangers. I was at the ballpark last night. Uh, Big Joy in the Big Rig and I had a very quick conversation about it because it was funny to me. Uh, the crowd was amped up. They were ready to go. Red, blue, bouncing, chanting, amped up. It was loud, like you would expect in the playoff game. Not quite like Philly, where the Philly fans have just gone crazy. But it was loud. There's a lot going on. And uh, they were ready to bring the Rangers home. And with Max Scherzer pitching, Max Scherzer's been out for about six weeks with a strained muscle behind his right arm. All right? And so he's making his debut start. He, he pitched a simulated game the other day, uh, threw 69 pitches, apparently did pretty good. But my whole thought was, 
Like they don't need him to do. They don't need him to be a miracle maker. They just needed him to be kind of like, I, for lack of a better example, I say like Willis Reed with the Knicks in the nineteen seventy. So I'm really dating myself, or you know, Kirk Gibson, you know, coming out the dugout uh, in the eighty eight to make a thing, or maybe even uh, now I don't want to say him because he's a subletter cuss word, so I'm not even gonna mention his name. Uh, but they needed him to make that moment. I'm hurt, but I'm coming off. I'm gonna give y'all a lift. Then I'm going to disappear. I thought three or four innings would be superb if he could keep them in the ball game. And so I said, man, the crowd is hyped. The crowd is amped. He hadn't pitched in a while. If he can just get out the first, it's going to be great. And what happened? Max Scherzer got out the first eight pitches. I'm like, oh, damn, he might be on and popping. And then the second inning came, and it was hit by pitch, walk, single, wild pitch, single, and next thing you know, it was three to nothing. And... Just as loud as the crowd was, he sucked the life right out of the crowd. Uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. I don't know about you. I don't know about y'all. I did not think the Rangers were going to sweep this series, okay? I knew they would lose at some point. So here it is. They took that L, and it is what it is. They're still up 2-1 in the series. Uh, I'll be back out at the ballpark today. Uh, but uh, obviously we, you guys are listening to this Friday, so we don't know what happened. But here's what I do know, and here's what we can take from it. This series is going to be all about, to me, the starting pitching. Rangers starting pitching in the playoffs thus far has been terrific. I mean, it really has. Their, their pitching in general has been really good, but, uh, you know, the, the, the starters have really done their thing, man. And the pitcher's uh, ERA right now, it's uh, – 211, I believe. 288. Eight games. I mean, who, who can't get down with that, bro? Uh, they've had two shutouts. And I like this, man. This is what I really like. Uh, 63 strikeouts, 19 walks, 62 hits in 72 innings. They've really pitched great. Much of that has been Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi. And so can I tell y'all something? Just, I mean, this is just us. We're just keeping it real here. What, I mean, let me see how I want to say this. What does it say about your ball club when in game three of the American League Championship Series for the right to go to the World Series and perhaps win a world championship for the first time in franchise history? You're up 2 nothing, and you have to use a gentleman who's got a great career as a future Hall of Famer. We're not questioning that. Who's a great competitor because the fact that he even got himself healthy enough to pitch is something to be praised for real. No cap right there, as the young folks say. But you got to use Max Scherzer in this game. What does that say about the rest of your starting pitching? It means you don't trust none of them cats. Um, in game four, they're going to throw Nathan Heaney and uh, Dane Dunning. They did that the other week uh, against Baltimore, and it worked out great. If Haney can get you four innings, uh, let alone five, but if he can get you four good innings, keep you in the ball game, and Dunning can come get you another three or four and turn over to a bullpen, that's a, that's a win in terms of what you wanted to get out of those guys. So uh, the Rangers' offense got shut down yesterday. I really think Houston likes to hit here. Don't forget, you know, they came in September, man, and beat the Rangers, swept them three games and outscored them 39-10. to 10. They put up eight runs uh, yesterday. They scored in six out of nine innings. Uh, it seemed like they always had somebody on the base. They like to hit here. They're a really good road team. And, you know, I just never bought into the fact. I told some people yesterday before the game, the series ain't over, man. It's not even close. I still expect it to be a long series. And that's okay um, because they, Montgomery and Evaldi are scheduled to pitch um, game five and game six. You can live with that. Those are your two best pitchers. Now you got to get you got to get past Verlander. Uh, that's a chore. But hey, I mean, you're trying to win a championship. It ain't. It's not going to be easy. Other team got great players too. And so uh, your Texas Rangers, uh, they're still primed. They're still in position. But it's going to be about uh, the starting pitching and whether guys not named Justin Montgomery and Nathan Neavaldi can can handle the moment. Uh, the other interesting thing yesterday is Evan Carter moved up to third in the batting order. Uh, it was quiet. I mean, it was a good night for him. It started off a little quiet. But in the end, man, he laced a double. And, you know, we talk a lot about football. Five plays to shape the game, four plays to shape the game. 
Well, one of the things I love about baseball is you have all these pivotal moments. And the score was 5-2. to two. And here's what happened. The Rangers had hit a two-run homer. I'm talking about this because this is what I love about the game. Rangers hit a two-run homer by Josh Young. Okay, that made it 5-2. to two. In the bottom, in the top of the next inning, Leody Tavares, did you see this catch, man? Or had you gone to sleep by then? Well, he I snatched. Pro- I was probably asleep by then. Well, somebody, I can't remember who, hit a bomb to center field. Tavares goes back to the wall, leaps over the wall, snatches that thing, brings it back, and instead of this wild celebration, he just kind of stalks around like, yeah, bitches, I was supposed to do that. I mean, it was cool the way he did, did it, the that. way he snatched it. I did it. see that. Oh, see? I mean, it was just cool the way he did it. So here's what I'm saying. Bottom of the inning, you get this homer. Top of the inning, you get this great catch. Now, people in the stands are like, oh, snap. Oh, is this about to happen? Is something special about to go on? Because we started to make plays. And then it's two outs, and uh, Evan Carter up, has a good at bat, six, seven pitches. Laces as hard as you can hit a ball damn near. I need to check the exit velocity on it. To uh, pulls it to right field. Right fielder misplayed it. Can I tell y'all something? Y'all know damn well it looked just like Nelson Cruz in game six against the Cardinals. That's exactly what it looked like. He out he played, he misplayed it that badly. But it's rocketed over his head. And uh and uh he slides in the second. Now you're thinking, damn, okay. You got Garcia up. Who do you want up more than Garcia? Garcia cranks one left center field. If it hits the wall, he's on second. It's five to three. Boom! We got a ball game. Momentum has completely switched. And your boy Brantley, the left fielder, went deep into the gap, made a backhanded catch, and then tumbled to the ground. And I was like, damn, we were that close to momentum really shifted and the Rangers getting back in it. And uh, it did not happen, and y'all know the rest. It ends up 8-5. Game four tonight, we're not going to talk again until Monday. And by then, you know, we'll know, you know, where the series is, whether the Rangers uh, or actually, uh, let me see, Monday, it's got to be five games. We'll be talking about whether the Rangers have a chance to close them out in Houston on uh, Monday. So, anyway, that's the uh, the next time we'll talk. But uh, just know this. It's all about Montgomery and Eovaldi for the Rangers. Anything else is gravy. Uh, but those two guys are where the series is going to be won or lost uh, to me. And so we'll see what they got in games five and six. But uh, it's a fun series. It's good to be playing baseball this time of year because that means your team has a chance to win it all. And, you know, when the season starts, everybody think they got a chance. Everybody hope they got a chance. Uh, unlike, you know, I'm going to tell you all this real quick. Enjoy this one, okay? Really enjoy it. Savor it. Here's why. This is like 2010. Nobody expected the Rangers to get to the World Series, so you really had a joy for it. Nobody expected the Rangers to get to the World Series to get to the ALCS this year. Next year, when spring training show up, oh, dog, expectations are going to show up the same time they do. Yep. And so it ain't going to be this kind of ride. It's going to be, how come y'all ain't won more than two in a row? Yep. How come y'all ain't done this? How come Evan Carter's only hitting 290? Last year he was hitting 320. What's up with this guy? How come? You know, I mean, that's how it's going to be when you got expectations. Well, you know, it's June. They're only 20 games over 500. Last year they was 23 games over 500. I don't think they're taking the game seriously enough. What's wrong with Bochy? Why he making all these moves? That's how it is with expectations. This year is fun. Ain't no expectations. You can relax and enjoy the game. Next year, Corey Seager sucks, man. All he got is 29 homers at the break. So that's how it is. That's just the nature of sports fans. It is what it is. So really enjoy this, regardless of what happens in the series. Really enjoy it, okay? That's my, that's my order to you. I mean, I'm, I mean, you don't have to take order, but I'm, I'm giving them. Uh, enjoy this one right now and uh, really have a good time with it uh, because next year it ain't going to be like this. Uh, uh, I was talking to Troy Aikman one time, as I name drop. And Troy was like, there was nothing like the first Super Bowl, man. He said, that's the only one I ever threw my finger up in the air and pointed number one as I was running down the field after the Harper touchdown. Because the first one, it was like none other. 
Everything else, it was different. It was expectations. It was ex, you know, it just wasn't not the same as the first time. So that's why I'm telling y'all, enjoy this run that the Rangers are making because uh, for the next five, six years, they're going to be really good. They're going to make a lot of runs. Hopefully they get a championship during that stretch. But uh, really enjoy it right now. Um, let's move in. We have a choice. And, you know, we, we don't often plan these things on air. But I'm going to plan this one on air. So the question is, bro, uh, you want to talk college football or you want to talk Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I think we can squeeze in both real quick. I don't know. No, nah, we can't. We can't okay, squeeze well, in both. Right, we can talk. We can pick one or the other. Cause, well, let's uh, talk Cowboys. Because I just got an email that says uh, my business. I got a business meeting with the JJT Media Group that got uh, that got moved up. Okay, let's from, talk Cowboys. Uh, then. All right, all right. So ordinarily we'd like to talk both, and and, uh, and I wouldn't mind because you know I love talking to y'all. But we got to pick one, and I'm wasting time right now uh, talking about this. Really? So your dad. <laughs> You did not need to co-sign on that one, bro. <laughs> um, is what you finna say something? Nah, nah, I'm, I'm oh. with you. I'm with you. Okay, I was just... as we, as we move into the break, uh, how do you feel about the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, they're four and two. They're really the only moan and groan. Well, it's interesting. They're four and two. But you feel weird about the Cowboys because, like, how do you lose to the Cardinals, dog? I mean, I realize it's the NFL. It's any given Sunday. All those wonderful cliches. I realize that. And, yes, the Cardinals played a really good game and this and that. The Cardinals have won one game. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. It's the only game they've won. I mean, it makes no sense. And then they got stomped by San Francisco. So it really feels weird, like, you got two losses, and that's not the end of the world. But damn, you lost to a winless team, and then you got stomped in the only other game where we thought, hey, here's how you measure up. So it's hard to figure out how you feel about the Cowboys because the Giants ain't no good. The Patriots ain't no good. Uh, the Jets, I give them credit. They ain't no good, but they've been figuring out some kind of way to win. But they ain't no yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, they're not. The Chargers are really talented. But I don't know how good they are. I mean, that's kind of weird, but it is what it is. So, you know, I feel conflicted about the Cowboys right now at 4-2. and two. Just, not, just not sure how good they are. Uh, we'll know a little bit more in the next couple of weeks because the Rams are a good opponent, much like the Chargers. They got a lot of talent. They can do some things. But you would think Dallas should beat them, even though it's on the road. And then it's Philly, bro. Well, it's, the, it's the NFL, man. NFL stands for not for long. Yeah, I know that. And, well, here's the thing. You know, last week when they got beat by 49ers, I looked on the schedule. I go, they got Miami. They got Buffalo. They got Detroit. They got all them teams. And you go, damn, they ain't going to make the playoffs. And then uh, the Jets beat the Eagles. The Cleveland beats the 49ers. And, you know, a lot of these teams, Buffalo and all the teams that look tough, except for Detroit. Detroit right. looks, still looks good, but all the teams that look like the schedule was going to be real tough on the Cowboys, man, it looked doable. And that's just in one week's time. Everything uh, changes, you know. Everything changes, and some of it depends on when you play teams. Yep. Who's hurt when you play them. Yep. Um, who's back when you play them. Like, you know, Joey Bosa and Derwin James back this week. It's their first games back. They'll probably be a lot better yep. against the Chiefs this week. Than they were uh, against the Cowboys. Not well, that they were bad. Well, they They'll got, probably just be better. They got Dak five times the other day, and they hit right. him. They hit him like six to eight times, something like that. Uh, they was doing their thing. Oh man. yeah. So yeah. Uh, and and that's a good segue into this. You know, we, I still I still think we're trying to figure out um, Dak Prescott and and where he fits in this offense because uh, his numbers are trash. All right. And I'm just I'm not saying he's trash. Uh, I'm saying. Sunday I'm was okay. Sunday's numbers was no, okay. Oh no, Sunday was fine. I'm talking yeah. about in general. Yeah. Over five, yeah. over six games, he's throwing for 220 yards a game with six touchdowns and four interceptions. Now we've seen all the games, so we know three of those came against San Francisco. Blase, yeah. blase. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, he still looks disjointed in the offense to me. He looked a little better the other day because 
it felt like he just decided, okay, I'm, I need to make some plays yes. and not be yes. so robotic. Yes, that's and, exactly what he did. Yep. He extended and, a lot of stuff. The touchdown against Brandon, with Brandon Cooks, I was going, where the hell are you going? We talked about that where he, was, he dropped 10 yards back to give yeah. him room. You yeah. know, Dak was playing flag football, man. I was going to say, I cuss you out when you do that on Madden. Man, you can't go all the way yeah, back like that when you back. throw the ball. Hey, hey, he went back, let that boy cross the whole end zone. You know, it was all good. It was all good. Nah. Yeah. So, um, I think that's uh, – I think Dak getting more comfortable, less robotic, playing more free in the offense, and then turn around and making plays in the offense is, uh, is key. Uh, whatever they got to do in the running game to get Tony Pollard loose – uh, they need to do. I don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, they pay people a lot more money than I make to find out those answers. I don't get paid nothing. They need to throw deep to Cooks and back them safeties up. Plus, what's name was playing? Uh, the Chargers was playing a two deep shell. They they still couldn't get no running game going. Yeah, so, so. Uh, that's very troubling because you need to be able to run it when you want to run it. Yeah. You know, however many times you want to run, fine. But when you want to run it. You need to run it. And we all know, man, it's a passing league, but running the ball, as uh, you pointed out, opens up so many more other things uh, for you to take advantage of. And so they, uh, they need to do that. Um, and then uh, if they can, uh, the offense will, will have a lot more success. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's it. And, you know, we spent quite a bit of time talking to uh, Clarence E. Hill, Jr., uh, the I E stands he, for everyday man. He got real comfortable. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, uh, y'all gonna need some guidance when y'all talk, dog. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they got to figure out how to get CD consistently involved, like it was the other day. Yep. And they got to get Brandon Cooks involved more, man. Yep. Um, hopefully, the other day was a start of it for him. Um, he's got talent. He got speed. He can still run. They just got to get him. They got to figure out ways to get him the ball. And, uh, you know, dude, there's no way in the offense, as I've said, Michael Gavin needs that many targets. Uh, and even if, you know, they just don't. Like, I would rather, right now, I'd rather see Jalen Tober get more targets. There's not as many as those guys, but let me see how I want to say this. We're about to see the Cowboys play a game where what? The Rams say Cooper Cup is getting the ball, and yep. nothing y'all can do about That's it. it. Yep. We getting our best receiver the ball, yep. and when he wasn't there, they had this other guy, the fifth round pick from BYU. That's the Jets game for the Cowboys, the way they got the way they got yeah. CD Lamb. So just just get the ball in the hands of your best players, and I'll shut up. I'll live with the results. Yeah. If you do that, I will live with the results, good or bad. I'll live with them, and uh, will not bitch at all. Um, as long as you, as long as you get the ball in the hands of your best players, that's all I that's all I that's all I ask. That's all I want. Uh, you know, and so I think if they could do that, they had a chance to be successful. Um, second half of the season defensively, what do you want to see? I want to see I want to see better linebacker play. I mean, they played pretty good. I couldn't tell whether they whether Kellen Moore gave up on the running game or whether they really. Killed the Chargers running game, and I want to. I want to see for twenty seven. They may have killed the running game. They they had like twenty three for eighty something or something like that, or twenty three for fifty something overall. Fourteen yeah. fourteen for twenty seven was Austin Eckler, I think. Right, but uh, yeah, they. Uh, that's what I like to see. I you know as a former linebacker, I love to see good linebacker play, and uh, that'll be the key to their defense, especially to get people to third down. Yeah, I need to see. Uh, I would like to see in the, in the second half uh, if they'll – like Tank Lawrence has been terrific. Will yeah. they get somebody else uh, on the sack parades, you know, just a little more consistently. That's all. Like I'd like yeah. to see Sam Williams get finish the job a couple more times. Sam Williams got to stay out of trouble. Well, he ain't been in no trouble the last three months. Are you sure? No. All right. I mean, it's, you know <laughs> – when you got Sam Williams on the team, you got a red phone next to your bed every time you go to night. Roger Make sure that. thing is charged up. Roger that. Because uh, it can ring at any night, at any moment, and you can't be surprised when it happened. Like, oh, it's been a moment. Yeah. That's so about that time. So, yeah. uh, no, they just need uh, – they got to they gotta get a little more pass rush. And uh, they got to stop the run. And uh, I think other than that, they'll be fine. 
Uh, what's interesting to me is J. Ron Curse has not been having a great year. He's been average at best to me. Um, you know. Are they asking him to do stuff different? Has he always covered the tight end? No, nah, I mean, that's what they brought. No, real talk. That's what they brought him for. That's how he, that's what he's done the best. Uh, he's been really good at it. He just hasn't been that effective this year. Right. And you never know how cats react. He could be having a down year just because he's just having a down year. Or he a free agent at the end of the year. He's already kind of – he hadn't been mad, I would say, irritated maybe, that they've already kind of implied that they're moving on after him. Um, and so what I'm saying is you can get distracted by that, and it's not like you're on the field thinking about it, but it's just your preparation is a little tad off because you spend an extra hour thinking about your contract this week. And so that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, your preparation can be a little bit off. And that can lead to just a little bit. That's all it takes is one false step, and you beat on the play. Um, and then as he sees Marquise Bell getting more time, knowing that that's probably your eventual replacement, uh, it can just snowball a little bit, man, and affect you mentally and make you slow. But what you don't want is you don't want guys to start hunting plays because they got to put on good tape for whoever they with next. Yeah. That was, uh, a, that was a reference to the hero ball he was talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't want that, um, you know. And I'm not saying that he's doing that by any stretch. I'm just saying he's human, and so those things can pop in your head at some point if you're not happy uh, or you're thinking too much about the future. But uh, the defense is good. Uh, they they will have some games in the second half to prove if they belong in that elite category. Right now, they don't. They're just a good defense, and that's cool. Uh, but. The way they want to play the ball, they need to be even better. And so uh, we'll see if they can continue that against the Rams and then the Eagles uh, because that's going to be a knockdown physical affair. And you're going to have to show up, and it's not going to be really fancy per se, but you're going to have to ball out because it's up in Philly and the Eagles are coming to take your heart. And, uh, you know, one thing about this week is we, we had a nervous breakdown and we had a bunch of conniptions when they lost – San Francisco, I'm like, damn, dog, y'all already two games behind the Eagles at this point. Well, the Eagles gave up a game uh, last week, and now, guess what's, uh, what's to the Jets? Now, guess what happened? Now they get Miami, and uh, if they don't play well, they can give up another, and you can find yourself tied with the Eagles uh, if you can figure out a way to beat, uh, beat the Rams. Yep. That's and this, was, my friends, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's what I was saying earlier. Everything changed. Everything yeah. changes. Within a week, we got hope. <laughs> and this is why you don't have to panic. Yeah. Because the season's long. Yeah. So you don't have to panic. Uh, and things typically work out the way they're supposed to work out. Um, so uh, that's um, our look at the Cowboys at the break. Uh, two weeks to get ready for the Rams. And then it's on to Philly. And then, dude, they got a bunch of games. They should win if they play well. Doesn't mean they will, but they should. It's going to be a really fun season, really fascinating season. Uh, and the thing I like to tell folks is, and it goes for me too, like you ain't got to sit around and spend all this time trying to figure out what's going to happen. They're going to play the games. Just sit there and watch and wait. All right? That's what I would do. Yeah, um, and listen to us. Yeah. Oh, see, I like the way you did that. that yeah. That's what's up right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so on that note, <laughs> for Big Joe and the Big Rig, I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor. We appreciate you listening to Jock Talk presented by Grinny Law. Uh, don't forget, you can pick up my book, Deion Sanders. I mean, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men. Wherever you buy your books, it's online everywhere. Uh, it was, before I looked this morning, the number two uh, best uh, in terms of ranking new release books on Amazon. So I appreciate all the support there. And uh, until we chat again, y'all be blessed.